Welcome back to the program. Final hour before we uh, before we get out of here today. And we talked a lot of Packers today. Talked a little bit about uh, what's going on out in Denver at Russell Wilson and company. And uh, the fact that Nathaniel Hackett has now been fired. And we've talked a little bit about Nickelodeon and such. J.J. Watt has announced uh, his retirement on Twitter and said after this uh, season that he's going to hang him up. And now you got Oklahoma State and Wisconsin going out of tonight and uh, Luke Fickle getting his first live look at the guys that he's going to be coaching moving forward. And hopefully the seniors go out on a positive note at Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona. Not Glendale. At Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona is where this one's going to take place tonight. The home of the Arizona Diamondbacks, which is a little weird because that's like putting a football field inside uh, inside American Family Field here in our own backyard. But uh, joining us now is Zach Heilprin, WOZN Madison, and uh, the sports director out there covering the Badgers. Zach, how you doing? I'm doing great. Did you Have you seen this setup, how they're doing this? I, uh, I, I saw a time-lapse I have not. I saw a time-lapse of it online. It looks really good, and I was kind of thinking, like, of tagging American Family Field when I uh, when I retweeted it because it kind of looks cool. I wouldn't mind that. I just don't know how the value of it doing it in a in a stadium that small. But um, right, I don't. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. They were supposed to. Well, Wisconsin was supposed to play at Wrigley um, in 2020. They were supposed to play Northwestern at Wrigley, and that game obviously got canceled because of COVID. But I, I kind of like the idea of it. I wouldn't mind it at American Family Field. Well, if they can put one in Fenway, they can put one at American Family Field. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, they did it. You know? I mean, the, the Pinstripe Bowl is at uh, Yankee Stadium. So, yeah, yeah they can do it. Uh, well, let's talk about this uh, this Badger team. Obviously, the senior th- – this one you want to win because you want the seniors to go out on a high. Let's start with that. Yeah, you definitely do. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of guys – I mean, there there are a lot of seniors that are playing their final game. And then there's some guys that are kind of undecided whether they're playing their final game or not. But I, I think the mo- there's, there's a couple points of motivation, a couple different points of motivation, I think, for this game for Wisconsin. One, certainly the seniors going out on a high note. That's a big part of it. Two, playing you know, for Luke Fickle for the first time. Uh, you know, Kind of like a, a first impression opportunity for them. He's seen them in practice these last two weeks, last three weeks. But now it's a game-type situa- situation. And it's your first chance to really make an impression on him in a game situation. And perhaps most of all, I think it's sending Jim Leonard out with a win and playing well for him, considering how many of these guys wanted him to be the coach, wanted him to be the next head coach of Wisconsin and the way that they, how disappointed they were when he was not named that. I think that there's some motivation um, in a couple of different spots for them, and I think Jim Leonard probably is at the top of it. So let, let's start with Fickle first. So what has he determined and said, this is exactly what I'm going to be doing, or is he just an overseer in this one? I think he's just an overseer. I mean, he's not calling the defense. Jim Leonard's calling the defense, not having anything to do with the offense. So that's going to be Bobby Engram taking care of that. Kind of just like what it's been for these last, what, since since Paul Chris was fired, I think it's kind of how things are going to run. Now, if they are going to decide whether to go for fourth uh, on fourth down or not, maybe that's going to be his call. Or, you know, um, various small little things. He can accept the penalty. No? All right. Like that, that type of stuff that a head coach usually does. But I think he's kind of going hands-off with this, Bill, just to give them a chance, one more shot, one more chance to, as a staff and as a team to, to play together. And he just, he's just going to kind of be the guy on the sideline overseeing it all. I don't think, I don't know, I don't think he's going to have a huge, huge role at all tonight. 
So uh, I, I guess you've got guys that are also looking over their shoulder because the transfer portal has been very active. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, fence looking over for uh, a lot of people that say, hey, this this team looking up for next year's looks like they're going to be pretty good. Guys are going to be playing for position, possibly. Uh, and so there's a lot of different and maybe individual motivations, team motivations, sentimentality motivations. There's a lot of emotion that goes into this game for a team that is six and six and really not playing in a prime bowl. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're without their three captains, Graham Hurts, Nick Herbig, Keanu Ben, not a part of this game. Uh, they have guys that have entered the transfer portal that are not going to be part of this game. They have guys that entered the transfer portal and came back out of the transfer portal one will be a part of this game in, in Michael Furtney. But I think there's going to be a lot of guys with decisions to make. I don't think the, I don't think the movement's done. Just because they haven't jumped at the transfer portal in the last, you know, since it opened December 5th doesn't mean they won't jump in after this. I think there's a number of guys who potentially do that, and this may be their, their last raw to, you know, maybe, I don't know, decide or maybe show that the, the coaching staff, specifically Luke Fickle, that they deserve um, you know, to, to stick around and, and want to stick around and, and fight, you know, for a job at Wisconsin. But, you know, I, I, I certainly don't think the, the movement is done for Wisconsin either way, whether it's guys going out or guys coming back in. Or I should, it's not guys coming back in, but guys coming in from other places. Uh, let, let's go to Jim Leonard real quick. Uh, obviously, he would love to go out on a high note after announcing that he's not going to be coming back. What then is next for, for Jim Leonard, do you think? <laughs> Wouldn't we all like to know? Um, I think if anything we've learned in the last month is wait for Jim Leonard to tell you what he's going to do Um, Mm -hmm. instead of trying to guess or trying to report on what he's going to do. Maybe let's just, because it's it's proven that we don't know that we don't know what Jim Leonard's thinking. We don't know exactly how he's feeling and what his decisions are going to be. Um, So we'll let it play out. The one thing I will say him sticking around and coaching the bowl game would seemingly put him out of, contention for any head coaching jobs at other college programs, unless it's a, a small school. I don't, I don't know if there's any power five jobs. I don't think there are any power five jobs still open. So it would be a smaller school. And it feels like a lot of guys have their defense coordinators are, uh, as well, at least college wise. So potentially the NFL potentially sit out. I just, I don't know, Bill, he's been, no one's had a chance to talk to him. He hasn't spoken since after the Minnesota game. So it's, it's a really difficult situation to read. Um, all I know is that he would obviously love to be the head coach of Wisconsin. He's not. Now he's got a decision to make. Do uh, the, all the speculation is that he hasn't taken another job because the Packers are going to come calling eventually. Do you buy yeah. into that at all? I mean, they came calling two years ago. I don't know. And there's certainly, <laughs> I mean, despite what happened in the fourth quarter last Sunday, I, there's, there's really nothing to sit here and say that he shouldn't be considered again. Um, and that Joe Barry should have a job at the end of this. And I'm again, we'll see. Maybe they make a run down the stretch, and blah 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 happens, and, and all of a sudden Joe Barry stays on. I just I just can't see that. I don't see any way that happens. And you would think Jim Leonard would be at the top of Matt Lafleur's list, just like he was two years ago. Now, would Jim take that? I think I think he probably would this time around if it was offered. Uh, let's go to the team on the field. Oklahoma State, no pushover over by any stretch of the imagination. What is this matchup going to contain tonight, and where are some of the keys in this ball game? That's a great question, and I have no clue. Um, because <laughs> like Wisconsin, I'm just being honest. You know what I mean? I, right. They they are without their starting quarterback, without their leading rusher, without uh, several key pieces all over the place. They had 
double-digit number of guys enter the transfer portal. Other guys decide they didn't want to play. So they're going to start a true freshman at quarterback, I believe, and, and Garrett Wrangle. Their other, the only other quarterback, I believe, that uh, would have a chance to play is Mike Gundy's son, uh, who had a little bit of time. So, you know, Garrett Wrangle played in a few games this year, two touchdowns, three interceptions, nothing overwhelming whatsoever. Um, I know very little about Oklahoma State as a team based on what it is right now. What we know of them as a team is off to a great start and a really horrible finish. Uh, they started out 5-0, and and I think they finished 2-5. and So it was a really um, great start to a year, and then they kind of hit rough patches against some better teams. The schedule kind of picked up, and uh, it was obviously a disappointing season for them. But I think just like Wisconsin – they're kind of looking towards next year. I think we're going to see probably they probably want to see some of their young guys play in this type of situation and uh, it, it kind of be like a, a preview. I don't want to call it a spring game, but kind of like a preview of, maybe of what Oklahoma State will look like next year. And um, again, I think Wisconsin's kind of in the same in the same place. I, uh, I when when we look at the matchup of these two teams, I mean, I, like you said, there's a lot of misnomers. You just you just maybe just don't know anything about them. So how is it to prepare for a game like this when you've got so many different people that are missing? What are plays players saying? Because you are accustomed to players are creatures of habit, as you know, Zach. And this is what you do. This is where you practice. This is where you go. This is the guy you're used to. How difficult has this been for just the players individually when you talk to them to say you're playing a game without a lot of your guys? Yeah, I mean, the guys that we've gotten to, to talk to, I don't want to. I don't want to say this game. You know, like it hasn't been at the top of the conversation list when when talking with players. It hasn't, but I think it, you're, you're preparing for skiing at this point, and it's it's. I don't think it's any different than you know when you're playing a backup quarterback that that hasn't played, or you're playing, um, you know, against a new defense quarter with a new team. It's it's kind of like you have to go back and look what they did at their previous spot, or you have to go and look at what the the quarterback, um, you know some of the things that he can do well, whether he can move with his feet. Like there's just, there's very little that you can, I think you can take other than say, this is what Oklahoma state does. And this is what we're going to have to to deal with. But I think there's always going to be, and it doesn't matter what game it is. There's always going to be things that you haven't seen before. They're going to pop up and you're going to have to adjust. And I think that's certainly going to be the case tonight when you have, you know, three weeks to repair and um, you have a lot of guys that haven't played a ton. And it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, again, I, I don't know how, fascinating it'll be for the average fan but i'm excited to see some of these young guys play oh well that's my next question i mean i guess uh how what are the fans like out there that are just excited about it i mean that uh, obviously it's warm weather so you get a chance to you know get out of wisconsin which has been so so cold but uh is it the same contingent the same following that you're accustomed to or is because it's a lesser bowl and it wasn't a successful season and so you know coaching changes and such that there's a lot of people that are just like ah we're just here to be here well, I think the benefit of being in Arizona is, is uh, a large um, – where do Wisconsin people go when they get old? Older, I should say. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, how many how many are out here already, the snowbirds? You know, so you're going to have that group. I think you're going to have, obviously, the diehards. But, no, this isn't this isn't a, a big-time bowl game. But I think getting out of Wisconsin, getting to Phoenix after what uh, the weather has been like probably is, is uh, attractive to people. I, the plane I came in on yesterday – had you know a healthy share of Wisconsin fans on it, so there are going to be people there. But you know, it's 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 not a big bowl game. It's not a it's not one of those ones that that draws you. You're not going to be seeing 
35,000 fans, you know, from Wisconsin, but um, you know, they'll be, they'll be well represented. And again, I think people um, are just excited to see another football game and uh, all, all the stuff that's been off the field for the last month. You get to, you actually get to see this team close out a game or close out a season after that really poor taste you have in your mouth after the Minnesota game. What are, first of all, I haven't talked to you since uh, you know since signing day and the portal had opened up. Give me your thoughts on what's going on with this Badger football team personnel-wise since the end of the season, since the portal opened up, and since signing day. I don't know how you can't be excited. You know what I mean? Like I don't know how you, if you're a Badgers fan, I don't know how you can't be excited about some of the things they did. You know, signing day-wise, and you know you had two weeks, three weeks to to keep a class together, and they lost some guys um, and some guys that they wanted, but they also bring in two four-star um, defensive backs. I don't believe that's that, believe that's the first time that's happening in quite some time. Um, you get a, a corner in Jonas DeCona, a, a great player uh, that is going to fit perfectly in the secondary for them. So those, he brought three guys from Cincinnati. But I think it's the quarterbacks that are that have to excite you. And I know Ben Kenny's not a big fan of Nick Evers, um, but he, uh, he has the physical traits that you want in this offense for Phil Longo. And what they what they get in him and, and you know hopefully for their sake they go out and get a, a veteran starter or a veteran to come in and be able to maybe uh, play next year like a, a Brennan Armstrong maybe comes in and you're able to kind of build Nick Evers up a little bit um, but the, the physical traits that Nick Evers has is exactly what you want in this offense and then they go and a week later get a commitment from another four star guy in, in Mabry Metower who didn't like Wisconsin's offense. <laughs> he came mm-hmm. in he came in September and he did not like it uh, when they played Washington State. Loved everything else about the university. Did not like the offense. And so he wasn't going to come to Wisconsin, but he was offered by Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. He was offered by Phil Longo at North Carolina. And when Phil Longo came up here, it just made perfect sense. And I think you're going to see that happen at the quarterback spot. And when you can have talented quarterback, I think it attracts, especially this early in the class, for maybe Met Tower who can't sign until this time next year, um, you're going to have a guy that's able to recruit and bring some, I think, potentially, bring some even better athletes on the outside. It's got to be attractive to those guys. This offense is going to be attractive to those guys. Um, we'll see if he can he can help in that. But, again, I don't know how you can't be excited about what they have done to this point. Uh, real quick before I let you go, so uh, we've talked about what it's like out there, and uh, Ben talked about it being sandal weather for one Zach Heilprin. Is Zach Heilprin sporting the sandals in the warmer weather out in Arizona? Although that it's actually thing. been kind of cold out there. Well, I mean, it's supposed to be 72 today. So, Oh, that's um, not bad. It's rebounding nicely. Yeah, but I got it, when I got in last night, it was hilarious. I came into the resort where they have the media stain and drove up, and I was in shorts and uh, like a, a, a really light jacket and the people that were uh, opening the doors for that, everybody was in uh, long hat or a hat, long sleeves, gloves. It was, <laughs> it was hilarious. And i and then we went to top golf last night and everybody had their heaters out of their bays and me and a couple other media members, just absolutely not just, just chilling and in, in shorts right. and, and very light tops. So uh, I did not bring my sandals I'm here for such a short amount of time. I didn't think I'd have a lot of, ability to, to get out and, and do anything so um that was a mistake on my part but otherwise fantastic weather out here <laughs> there you go good stuff zach we appreciate it and we'll talk again soon okay all right sounds good bill thanks all right but talk to you later there you go zach howard enjoying uh, some of the weather and showing them how it's done out in arizona good stuff from him
And uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at, uh, at uh, who I already mentioned them, as a matter of fact, Four Seasons Island Resort, I'm sorry. Lost track of the show there for a second. Four Seasons Island Resort up there in beautiful Pembine, Wisconsin, where they have uh, they got the trails that are open. So if you're a uh, doing the sled thing uh, and you want to take your uh, snowmobile up there, do it. Uh, snowmobiles and all that kind of good stuff. You have those uh, trails that are open now, and everything's powder covered, so it's good stuff. And how about if you want to, uh, say, stay indoors, get a room, get a weekend, Go to the pool, go down to Boundary Waters Bar and Grill, listen to music, or maybe go uh, over into the UP up to Pine Mountain, which is one of their sister places, and to do a little skiing up there. You can. All you got to do is get a hold of our girl Barb, B-A-R-B, Barb at the4seasonswisconsin.com. That is Barb at the4seasonswisconsin.com. Get a hold of her, 715-324-5800, 715-324-5800. The best part about it, you say, Barb, Bill Michaels 15. She knows what that means. It means you get 15% off your stay. That's fantastic. You get just for listening to the program, you can make some money back. B A R B Barb at the four seasons Wisconsin dot com or call her seven one five three two four fifty eight hundred. Use the code Bill Michaels fifteen for fifteen percent off your stay. Nice at the Four Seasons Island Resort. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. tell you oh my goodness uh if you were taking my advice last week and you got a hold of our friend paul roberts at roberts specialty meets uh was down there this uh, past week was down there on thursday and we picked up our prime rib 5.25 pounds of prime rib never had cooked it before Kristen had never cooked one i've never cooked one never did the prime rib thing so I talked to Paul a little bit. He said, well, this is kind of how you do it, but make sure you pull it out about uh, three hours before you cook it. But when you do it, roll it around in salt, you know, salt the thing, and that way it'll tenderize as it sits and gets to room temperature before you put it in the oven. And you put it in the oven, you turn it way up to like 500 and something degrees, you crispy up the outside for like 15 minutes, 15, 17 minutes, and then you lower the temperature and then you slow cook that thing all afternoon. I got to tell you, the outside was crusty. We had rolled it in pepper and a seasoning uh, from our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue. Rolled that thing in pepper and some seasoning, and oh, my God, uh, you could cut into it. You could hear the outer layer crunch, not burnt crunch, but like crusty crunch. It was awesome. It was so good. The inside was pink. It was like a medium, medium rare. It was, it was perfect, and oh, my God, what a great cut of meat. It was fantastic, and it was from our friends down there at Robert's Specialty Meats. Uh, I took the sauce that had dripped off of it, had a little bit of an au jus, had some mashed potatoes with it, some green beans, some corn, some biscuits, and all that kind of good stuff for uh, Christmas dinner. Oh, it was so good. So good. And uh, then there were the pies, of course, but uh, the meat itself from Robert's Specialty Meats down in Waukesha could not have been any better, and the advice couldn't have been any better. Thanks to our friends Paul Roberts and the uh, gang down there at Robert's Specialty Meats. In Waukesha, go to Roberts Specialty Meats Waukesha dot com on Sunset Drive in Waukesha. Roberts Specialty Meats Waukesha dot com. That that stuff was so so good, so so good. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Want to hit us up? By the way, the update on the poll question: Packers fans, where do you get the credit for the Green Bay Packers win against the Miami Dolphins? Now two hundred and four votes in. Twenty one hours left to vote in the poll question over on the Twitter page at Bill underscore Michaels.
61.8% of you say Tua gave the game away. 38.2% of you believe the Packers just played better. So not a lot of faith in the Packers, but more so the fact that Tua just gave it away. So in other words, and as this one's from Randy, he says, if the Packers are going to get to the postseason and do any real damage, let's be honest, the quarterbacks they play, think about this now, in Cousins and Goff are going to have to give the Packers defense chance after chance after chance. And if they capitalize on it, only then will this crappy offense do anything with the football. Uh, on a short field, they can pick up a couple of first downs and then kick after that, not much. Aaron Rodgers has passed his prime. Matt LaFleur doesn't know what the hell he's doing. The offensive line looks inept, and nobody knows where to go. All this crap about getting on the same page is a joke. When every other quarterback in the league can take on another receiver almost instantaneously, it takes Rodgers eight years to finally get into sync with somebody, and by then they're past their prime or they're off to another team. Rodgers is a joke. This team is a joke. LaFleur is a joke. They need to fire everybody and just start over. It's time for Jordan Love. That is from Randy. You don't get much more pessimistic than that. You really don't. Uh, let's go to Eric listening to us in Green Bay. Eric, how you doing today, man? What's going on? How you been? Oh, I was doing great. I was thinking about prime rib until that last uh, email. Right? Holy cow, Randy. Yeah. He's Louise, dude. You know how? I don't know. Uh, wow. I, I don't know what you're watching, but... Just, I'm just going to say I disagree strongly. Um, he is the extreme I, I, I of mean, negativity. Right. I mean, I, LaFleur is driving me crazy with all the shotgun RPO stuff. He is. That's driving me nuts, especially when you see the play action and Rodgers under center working so much better. But, you know, I, I hear a lot of people talking negativity about Rodgers, and this last guy was perfect example. I mean, give me a break. The dude dropped a perfect dime to Mercedes Lewis, and to Alan Lazard. And mm-hmm. this is the point of my call, really. Those guys were wearing their defenders like their jersey all the way down the field. Right. This has been something that has been, Rodgers has been victimized his whole career. It happened in, in college. It's almost like the referees union gets together at the beginning of the season and says, now we can't really flag Rodgers, uh, the, the defenders of Rodgers for pass interference or holding as much as we should because then they just run away with every game because the amount of holding that's going on. Yeah. Watson got overthrown. That ball was, that would have been a, a, a probably about 40 yard, some odd touchdown strike. That guy was jerking on his Jersey the whole way down the field, the entire right. route. He's got a guy jerking on his, on his Jersey. The Jersey's stretching out just like they flagged, uh, you know, whoever in, uh, or, uh was, uh, Kevin King, against Tampa Bay for a hold. I mean, the same thing is going on all the way down the field, right past the referee. They are not throwing any flags for pass interference or for de- defensive holding against on the teams that are playing the Packers. And I, I don't know what it is. It's almost like it's their idea to level the playing field and bring parity or something. But it's ridiculous, man. It is, it is ridiculous. This entire season and really the last, you know, it's it's horrendous, and I, and I don't know why more people aren't talking about it because that, that's one thing that is happening, and it, it will. If, I mean, you overthrow a guy. Well, if you've got a guy hanging on your jersey all the way down the field, you're not going to be at the point where the ball is supposed to be because you had a guy hanging on your jersey all the way down the field. Right. You know what I mean, Bill? Right, 
Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. And and yes, and I even alluded to that yesterday and today. I said, look, you can say what you want about Rodgers, and there's times that he should have thrown the football, and I agree with that. But there was also four, maybe four passes, five passes in that game that only Rodgers could make when he was rolling out and that flick to Alan Lazard down the sideline. You talked about the pass to, to Big Dog and the, to the play action pass, even though Big Dog was wide open, he played it beautifully coming out of the fake, something only Aaron Rodgers does so incredibly well. I mean, there was so many things that he did well in that game that you can say, I'm not throwing Aaron Rodgers out just because you feel like he doesn't see things or do things properly. I, I, I still think he's incredibly solid, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. I mean, do you really think they'd be still looking at the playoffs if they had given up and put Jordan Love in earlier? I mean, it's, oh, and, and no. No, no, no slap on Jordan Love. That's a, He's a good kid, man. That guy's got his head screwed on straight. And yep. when he was asked this season, hey, do you think you can do what Aaron Rodgers does with it? Nope. Nope. Didn't even right. think about it. Just, nope. So he's just sitting there sponging everything up, learning. And who knows, man, with his patience and, and you know, it, 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 when Rodgers is gone, if he decides to stick around and nobody tries to get him off of them and stuff, we might be, we might really have a diamond there, you know, in, in that. Yeah. Kid. I mean, certainly has the right head for it. And between the ears, it's wonderful. So yeah, I no, just, I, you know, I would agree. I, I hopefully appreciate the phone calls always, Eric. Hopefully, now here's two things. Remember next year, if they decide to hang on to Jordan Love, they can make that contract very low for him early on. And that way you can see what you have in Aaron Rodgers. And then you can make a transition over to Jordan Love in that year after if you choose to do so. There's no there's no um, fire right now lit under the Green Bay Packers having to make a move. They don't have to do anything at this point, right? So they can just kind of ride it out if they choose to do so and they're good to go. If they be, Now, the other side of this is if, say, the Packers continue on and they do get into the postseason, well, then you're probably not going to see a lot of Jordan Love. Okay? Probably just not going to happen. So if they do ride it out, you've seen a couple of series of Jordan Love, who knows? Maybe a team calls during the offseason and says, hey, we really need to trade for a quarterback. Is Jordan Love available? And if you want to do that, maybe you can go back and get something higher end for him. Maybe you could do that. Otherwise, you there, there's nothing wrong with hanging on to him for one more year, and having to make to see if this year, say for some of the uh, the talk of Aaron Rodgers and the diminishment of skills, which I still think is bogus. Um, it, you you know every good player has that that one year apparition, and if it drops off a little bit, and then it's going to come back next year threefold. More experience, more reliability. The younger guys now get an offseason to go rest and relax and then to begin to do nothing but absorb Green Bay Packer football. They build themselves body-wise up a little bit. Things get a little bit better. You come back, you're even that much better. Find yourself one more wide out to give you a little bit of depth of weaponry. Who knows what can happen? Then you can make a decision the year after. Not overly concerned about it right now. Right now, just get yourself into the postseason if you can and see what can happen. That's it. I am never, ever one for tanking. Uh, not unless you're sitting here right now with, you know, 13 losses on the season. I, I'm, I'm never one for tanking. Just never have been. You want to see your team win. You want to see them build on something and move into the next season. That's what you always want to see. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. This portion brought to you by our friends at the Water Doctors. H2, the letter O, doctors.com. John Atley and the crew, they got you. Got your back covered. Well, really covered with water. 
because uh, clean water, nice water, good water, soapy water, all that kind of good stuff, whether it's uh, doing your laundry, jumping in the shower, maybe it's a drinking water, the reverse osmosis is fantastic. H2Odoctors.com. That's H2O, the letter O, doctors.com. Or call John and the gang, 262-549-7733, the water doctors in Waukesha. But they are all over the great state of Wisconsin with the Connecticut Water Softening System. And it is by far the best. By far the best I have ever had. And I've hung on to this thing for years and years and two decades now because that's how much I love this piece of equipment. The Connecticut Water Softening System is fantastic. Again, call John, 262-549-7733 or go to H2, the letter O, doctors.com. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. something to ring in the new year i just saw the advertisement over on facebook for forgotten fire winery the moscato is loaded up and ready to go if you're looking for it ask for it by name in any of your local grocery stores liquor stores wine stores and if you're in the Peshtigo area pick up a, a bottle or a case or two or whatever at forgotten fire winery go to forgottenfirewinery.com that is forgotten fire winery dot com and uh, ring in the new year with a, a good bottle of local right here in our own backyard local Wine. That is our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. Okay. Uh, 825 yards. Think about that. 825 yards. That's one of the leaders so far in kick return uh, yardage this season. And it's Keyshawn, Keyshawn Nixon. 825 compared to some of the others that have been doing it all season long. And he's obviously got the groin injury right now. You hope that he's able to recover. Uh, which would be terrific if he was. But Keyshawn Nixon up there with the league leaders in return yardage already. And uh, imagine what he would be doing. Uh, He'd probably be a a special teams pro bowler for sure had it not been for the fact that they hung on to Amari Rogers so long. Uh, It's just mind-boggling to me how they miss this for a guy that was begging begging them he did what he was supposed to do he did what he was asked to do but he had been begging them to give him a shot at kick returning all season long yeah 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 go away go away we got a third rounder here this guy's great oh okay well i'll, I'll wait my turn oh well, there's a fumble okay you gonna give me a shot now no no we're gonna wait for four or five more fumbles and then we'll get to you so it's it just astounding that it took the packers personnel wise this long to understand that Keyshawn nixon was in their own backyard just mind-boggling, completely baffling. And you saw a difference when Romeo Dobbs, I, I, as fast as Romeo Dobbs is, there is something about the ability to make people miss and take angles and then accelerate that some people have and some don't. And Keyshawn Nixon just, he glides. He makes it look, I don't know if it's because he looks slower and they don't take a great angle or what, but he just he just glides. It's just, it's amazing to watch the guy work. He just glides. Keyshawn Nixon, one of the top returners in the entire National Football League. There you have it. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670, if you want to give us a shout. So, Ben, 
Now, you throw this at me. Two things. Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee uh, said that uh, it looks like David Bakhtiari is going to be back this week. That is what he said. He said. That is what he said? I'm confident in saying that he is trending towards playing. Okay. So that's big news. And then you said, oh, by the way, for the record. Now, you think Jordan Love would have beaten L.A., beaten Chicago, and also beaten the uh, Dolphins this past weekend? Yeah, I heard Eric say that, uh, like, what if we had gone to love and wouldn't be in the same position? I think I'd argue that the team would be in the same position they are right now. And there's some locker room dynamics that play into it, which I can't really Mm -hmm. quantify. But if you look at the pure production and and the pure, like, level that Rodgers played at, I think the Packers definitely would have beaten Chicago with love. I think they definitely would have beaten the Rams. The Rams were terrible. And then with Miami, with where they were starting drives – and the amount of turnovers the defense forced, I, I think Love would have won that game as well. Okay. I don't know, so it's difficult for me to say. I, I just, because I I can't unsee what Love did in Kansas City. I can't unsee what Love did in Detroit last year uh, with opportunities. I can't unsee what he did against Philadelphia. I don't know what to make of him right now. I I just don't. Um, I can say that for certainty he would probably run the offense and take the reads and take the checkdowns more often than Rodgers, maybe moving the sticks more, maybe getting the offense in rhythm more. I, maybe I could f- be fairly confident in saying that. But as far as making big plays, big re- – because Tua, it was interesting. Did you watch um, – Did um, I don't know what it was. I think it was Get Up. Did you watch Get Up yesterday morning? No. Or were you flying? Okay. I was flying. So yesterday morning – I watched Get Up, and I watched. I was listening to Rex Ryan and Ryan Clark go back and forth, and they said, "You know, is Tua exposed?" And Rex Ryan said, and I thought it was interesting. He said, "I've been saying this all season. Tua is a one-read quarterback. He will throw the ball where he's not looking. He locks on one guy. Will try to make make it look like he's making a read." But he goes back to the guy that's supposed to get the ball. And teams are baiting him into some of those throws. Because if you, it's not just over this past weekend where he started throwing picks. He's been throwing picks. So that's the other aspect of this where everybody wants to blame it on the concussion. Okay, you can say it to a certain extent. But he's also been throwing picks leading up to this as well. His, the second half of his season has been nowhere near as good as the first half of his season. So, and the big throw that he had... Down the sideline, it was a good play. It was missed. It was a broken, broken coverage and, and a misplay to Waddle. And then the big pass to Tariq, uh, Tyreek Hill down the middle. Tell me why in the world Amos and Rudy Ford were covering him. Neither one looked like they should have him. Rudy Ford looked like a kindergartner running, at, running after a high schooler, where his arms were flailing, legs were flailing, looked like he was on skates. Both guys looked at each other like we weren't supposed to have him. That was almost blown coverage as well. So it wasn't like Tua was making these big-time reads and these incredible throws. He was just putting it where they weren't, and guys were trying to catch up. Why Jair wasn't on him or shadowing him consistently, I have no idea. But I just don't know if, if, if you get love in there, if after a few games he isn't a one-read quarterback or an exposed quarterback. And, and that's the thing that's the unknown. And that's why when people say, oh, no, he'd be great, I don't know that he'd be great. I don't know that he would be. I don't know that he'd be past one or two reads. I don't know if he'd be able to do that. If he'd be able to now, granted, he's had some time to learn behind one of the mental bests to ever play the game. But I don't know that he would know that. 
I think he'd be good, but I don't know if he'd be great. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a good point, and I agree. Definitely as you go through weeks, coaches would be able to scheme against what he does well. I guess my larger point isn't about love. I just I, I don't think the Packers are necessarily winning these games because Rodgers is playing that well. I don't think he's playing that well. No, I agree with that. I, I would agree with that. I think he's been an average quarterback who has made some big plays, and that's what average quarterbacks do, average to above average. He has not played like Aaron Rodgers this season. And he can sit here and talk about timing, and he can talk about all the different things that go into being a better quarterback. But when other quarterbacks get, like, look, uh, Patrick Mahomes got Marquez Valdez-Scaling. Suddenly Marquez Valdez-Scaling was a true deep threat, and they were going to him. Now, he didn't have much time to work with him. He didn't have three years. You know, Tariq Hill, suddenly two is going to him. And, and Tariq Hill's Tariq Hill. Great talents, I get. I understand that. But Derek Carr, not working consistently, even though they had a relationship in college, that's far different from the years that he's played here in Green Bay. All of a sudden, boom, he's getting 16, 17 passes a game and still catching 12. All these other quarterbacks that get in sync with their guys right here, right now, they're not using the excuse of, well, it takes time and the timing's off. And this. Look at Mike Evans and, 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 uh, and Tom Brady look horrible. To get, and they play together. They look horrible. Quarterback doesn't look good. He's underthrowing balls, overthrowing balls. He doesn't look set. It looks like his arm strength or his timing is off. And and these guys have played together. I just think sometimes you use that whole thing as a crutch and as an excuse that's built in for ineptitude. Sometimes you just need to get in there and do it. And I think Rodgers has had that, that cushion because he's been Aaron Rodgers. He's won MVPs. He's won a Super Bowl. He's put this team in prime position numerous times on his own back to be successful in the postseason. But I think at this point in time, we're looking at it going, yeah, you get a pass. No, you don't. This season, this offseason specifically, if he's coming back, has to be the dedication to the to the season. I, I, I completely believe that. I'm way, way, way late for a break. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers getting ready to host the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday. Kickoff at Lambeau Field is at 325. The Packers' defense came up with four takeaways in their win over the Dolphins in Miami that began with Jerron Reed with a forced fumble and recovery just before the half. Nose tackle Kenny Clark. That was huge. That was huge. And, um, you know, we started feeling that their offensive line started wearing down. And, um, you know, you know, JB did a great job. Uh, you know, he got put in the position uh, at the five-take. Dean that went down, so we needed him to step up and, and play the five, and, you know, he did a great job getting off the block and, and uh, getting, a, getting a fumble and the recovery. The Packers gave up several deep balls to the Dolphins, including an 84-yard touchdown pass to Jalen Waddell, their longest play of the season. At halftime, Packers secondary coach Jerry Gray chewed his players out. They responded with three interceptions in the second half. Jair Alexander. With any good secondary, is always good leadership, and that's from the coaching down to the players. It was just reiterated, and once, once it's reiterated, it's like, okay, we get it now. We get it. These guys are fast, but we're still good. You know, We're still like the best secondary in the league, and that's something that we've been working on all year. So. And the Broncos fired their head coach and former Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. Denver now 4-11 after being blown out by the Rams. Matt LaFleur. Um, it's it's an ugly part of this business, a part of that you, know, you, you never like to see, especially when it's somebody you care about. And, you know, I just I feel for him and his family. 
That's Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. You got to hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Let them rock your world just because the gift-giving season, so to speak, has uh, come and gone. Maybe you've been thinking about it, uh, or maybe you uh, want to still, you know, make that big moment now that you made the decision to get married, you still want the engagement ring or wedding ring or band set or what have you, and you're still thinking, well, maybe I'll do this in July. That's okay. Let Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend rock your world. Go to Kane Jewelry, K-O-E-H-N, KaneJewelry.com. Don't forget, if you go to the website, go to the bottom there and the Buy Like a Co- Buy Co- uh, podcast, click on it and like it and uh, subscribe to it. And Andy does uh, the podcast and jewelry buying and other stuff, too. I mean, everything from bourbon tasting to, to whatever. But uh, good stuff from our friends at Kane & Kane Jewelers in West Bend. It's worth the drive. It really is. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, if you uh, use any of our sponsors, I always want to hear from you, especially after this time of year where we get uh, we start to get some feedback, where people get out and they try things and such, and it's enjoyable. So try, try our friends at Kane & Kane Jewelers. You'll be good to go. So coming up tonight, we got the Badgers. And uh, in the bowl game, so we got that going on this evening. Heading downtown, going to watch the Admirals tonight over at the UW Panther Arena. you got Marquette in action tonight downtown as well, so it's going to be a busy night for college hoops. Nice. Speaking of college hoops, uh, when you talk about uh, the, the rankings, it's nice to have uh, the Badgers in there. You've got Marquette that has been in and out of the top 25, but uh, they've played some good basketball this season. As a matter of fact... Uh, word has it, we might be getting Shaka Smart on the program, Ben. Oh. In case you didn't know. Well, I mean, I might yeah. need to, to clean up my, my act then. Just uh, just an FYI, yeah. Uh, the great things happen when you go you go out. And we were at uh, Calderon Club in uh, Fox Point uh, over the weekend and uh, ran into, uh, we'll just say, some people. I'm not, I don't want to give out names and stuff if they don't want it out there, but... Um, said, yeah, love to come on the program. So we're going to set that up. Shaka Smart actually once watched me play a JV basketball game when I was in high school. Really? Yeah. It's definitely and why he do? was there in the gym. Oh, terrible. That's what I heard. No, I yeah, was off. That's what I heard. No, we were playing this great school that had two kids that ended up going to play for him at VCU. So he was there for the varsity game. JV always plays before, and I was swing, so I would play on both, or I would play on mm-hmm. one, sit on the bench on the other. But he showed up in the gym for the second half, and I went 0 for 7. Um, well, uh, then he walked away disappointed that you, you weren't more of an impact player. But I'm sure he was there to see you. Well, I did do the whole, like, uh, the worst shot is the one you don't take thing, where if mm-hmm. you keep missing, you just keep shooting, and eventually it'll go in. <laughs> Maybe he enjoyed You're a that. No, no. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like Rodgers airing it out down the field to yeah. receivers that can't keep, catch. Got to keep trying. Yeah, got to keep trying. So, uh, by the way, uh, Marquette, uh, they still received, I think it's 12 votes to be in the top 25, but they had fallen off. They got beat by Providence. So uh, they're back at it again tonight, uh, downtown Milwaukee as well. So now we got to get Greg Gard in the program. Got to get Greg Gard back in a fold. Got to get Gardo back. See what happens there. All right. That'll do it. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. Tomorrow is a Wednesday edition. Coming up in the week, though, we're going to have Paul Allen, the voice of the Vikings, going to be joining us. Wayne Larrabee is going to be joining us. I got a nice text from Stacy Dales over the weekend. 
So hopefully we get Stacy on the program. We're going to be loaded this week as we start to effort more towards and get that ball really rolling downhill for the uh, for the NFL postseason. So there you go. Until then, we'll see you at the hockey game tonight if you're going downtown. See you down at uh, Calderon Club, San Giorgio and such. Good, good stuff down there. Can't wait. Face first. I'll be the one with a snorkel and some goggles and pasta all over my face. Till then, time for us to go. Have a go. Boop. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.